Today I'm going to be talking about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is. Now before I get into the message, I would just like to have uh, just say something encouraging to all of our mothers that are watching this uh, broadcast. Uh, you know, when it comes to mothers, all of us have a soft spot in our hearts uh, towards mothers, and we want to just say thank you so much for what you've meant to us in our lives and uh, how you've given your lives to help us and be good to us. And I also want to encourage all the moms that are out there that when you look at your kids, you might think in your heart, have I always been as a good mom as what I'm supposed to be? I want to say this, that every one of you, I'm sure, has done the best as what you knew in your heart, and we are grateful for that. Glory to God. I think the perfect mother is, is not, um, is, cannot be found in works, but in heart. And that is what we are grateful for. So to all of the mothers out there in our web church, we want to just say thank you for who you are. Thank you for the blessing that you've been to us. And without you, you know, we cannot be here. Thinking of my own mom and uh, what she has meant to me in my life, Glory to God, and I want to thank you for that which you have built into my life. It is, I'm grateful and I'm thankful to God. I would just like to use this opportunity to just pray for all of our moms. Father, I want to thank you so much that as an internet church, we can just right now uh, just stretch off our hands towards our moms and we can just say, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the blessing that you are. Thank you for what uh, you have meant to us. Thank you for your kindness and love uh, towards us. Thank you that you have um, brought us into this world and cared for us from small. And thank you, Father, that your blessing rests upon each one of them. And my prayer for every mom is this, that each one will have an enlightened mind, that they may understand how high, how wide, how deep, and how long your love is. For that's the greatest gift I can ever pray over any one of them. For therein is the power of God unto your quality of life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You know, I'm, as I was praying and as I was saying this, it just came to my mind again. You know, maybe you didn't have, and I want to just say this, maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your mom. Maybe you, uh, when you think of your mom, you're thinking, maybe your mom died at a very early age. Uh, maybe you're going through a rough time right now. Uh, on Mother's Day, because you wish things could have been different. I would just like to say to you that uh, true parenthood is found between you and God. And He is your true father. He is your true mother. He is your true friend. He is the one that will always care for you uh, the, um, from the depths of His heart with the power of God. And I've said to my kids, and I've said to them many times, is that I cannot be the perfect father. Uh, my wife cannot be the perfect mother as pertaining to doing everything right all the time. Sometimes we're going to lose our temper. Sometimes we're going to say something that is maybe not good or right. Uh, but I've said to my kids that I look at God and they look at God. And we, when we look at God, we see Him as our Father. And maybe I am their Father here and I will teach them what I know. But their ultimate view would be towards God as our true Father. That's why the Bible says, call no one Father but one, and that is God. 
And uh, I think the same thing with mother, call no one mother but one, which is God. Because true uh, parenthood, that which can give you eternal life comes from God. So I want to say to those that maybe lost a mother at an early age, maybe your mom was addicted to drugs or an alcoholic, drunk all the time, and you feel that she wasn't the mom that she was supposed to be, I want to say to you that uh, a mom can bring and do bring things to a heart that we are grateful for, but eternal life is found in how God is your parent and how God cares for you. So never think that you've lost out on something. Never think that you have, you, uh, if your mom or your dad wasn't good for you when you were young, that you've missed out on life. True life is found in Jesus Christ. It is good that parents can be good for kids, but the dream of my heart for each one of my children is that they can walk from a revelation of uh, the dimensions of the love of God, where they can see themselves uh, inside the human being, Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, clothed with all glory, and that that can be their point of reference. That is my dream, and that I cannot give them. That is between them and God. I can only point to that all the time, but it is between them and God. And you that believe on this good news, you are, um, you, you are not worse off than anybody else. You are blessed with the kindness and the goodness of God. Amen. I believe that can also take pressure off, um, off parents thinking that they must be the perfect parent, otherwise their kids cannot have perfection or whatever God has dreamt for them. The Father speaks to the hearts of all people. Amen. Right, um, as we get into the message um, where I'm going to talk about the kingdom of God, I want to just, in the beginning, just get some things out of the way that we can understand what I'm talking about. And I want to read from Matthew 13 verse 19. It says, When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart, this is he which received seed by the wayside. Okay, so what he's saying here is that he who hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand the word of the kingdom, that which was sown in his heart is stolen from him and he cannot bring forth fruit. What he's actually just saying is simply this. Outside of understanding the message of the kingdom of God, it would be impossible for you to bring forth fruit. That is all that he's basically stating. You cannot bring forth fruit outside of this kingdom, understanding this kingdom, knowing how this is put together, knowing how you are united into this, and that we understand by faith. So when we understand the message of the kingdom, we will find that God brings forth fruit in us. And those who don't hear or don't understand the word of the kingdom, it would not be possible for them to bring forth fruit. So as an introduction, I want to say this. The kingdom of God is the place where God brings forth by His word fruit in your life. And should we not understand how that works, it would be very difficult for us to bring forth fruit or to have fruit in our lives. What that actually means is this. It's impossible to bring forth fruit outside of being under the domain and rulership of God where God actually... Um, manifests his way of doing things in your life and he brings forth the fruit in you. Now I've heard many teachings on the kingdom of God. I, I'm not going to name names of preachers, but I've heard many teachings on the kingdom of God 
And this is what a lot of the kingdom teaching basically boils down to. And what is said is that Jesus Christ came to establish the kingdom of God in the earth and the way he's going to establish the kingdom is through you and we must get busy with establishing the kingdom now. We must rule. We must reign. We must take dominion. We must rule over poverty. We must rule over sickness. We must rule over disease. Uh, and we must, some even say, we must rule over death. In other words, you better not die. You better not be poor. And uh, you, you better not be ill because we must now take dominion. And what is basically said is that all authority has been given to Jesus. Therefore, we now have all authority and now we must establish the kingdom of God in the earth and manifest the kingdom of God in the earth. Now, that is not true. That is not true. All authority was given to Jesus. That doesn't mean that all authority was now given to us and that we must now advance and establish the kingdom of God in this earth. That is not how it works. If we believe that, we are back to the old Adamic system wherein Adam thought that he could advance uh, the kingdom of God by his own ability and his own power in this earth instead of partaking of the tree of life and that God in such a way bring things forth in the earth. We need to realize that, and this is a very powerful passage uh, in Genesis where God said to Adam, be fruitful and multiply. We need to understand that he spoke to a son of God. He spoke to somebody who was in the power of representation or what I call the power of an Adam one that can actually have dominion and bring certain things forth in the earth. And what he said to him is, Adam, you be fruitful and multiply. So how will that take place? By the doing of God. And let, it, let who you are be multiplied in the earth. And so take dominion over the earth and so forth. Now one, when we see that, we immediately think that is what God told us. That is not what God is telling us. That is what God told Adam. And Jesus Christ came as the last Adam. And I believe the same command that the first Adam had, which was to have rulership and take dominion, and, or he's got dominion, and how he had to advance the kingdom and all those kind of things, was given to Jesus. And when Jesus received all authority and all power, uh, you know, what he's going to do is he will bring forth his kingdom in the earth. Remember the passage where Jesus said that if a grain of wheat does not die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it multiplies and there will be a lot of wheat and a lot of fruit coming forth. Jesus was in that, I believe, fulfilling the passage where in Genesis where it says, be fruitful and multiply. And what God was doing is in Jesus was he was bringing forth people just like Jesus. And that is the job of Jesus. It is not your job to go and be fruitful and multiply yourself in the earth. It is the job of Jesus Christ to multiply the God kind in the earth and we are that multiplication. We are the fruit that God is bearing in the earth. Now that takes all of the burden off us and it puts us in a place where we are grateful for the kingdom of God that has come to this earth. Amen. So let me say that again, and I want you to know right in the beginning, this teaching on the kingdom is not going to be a teaching on how we need to go and advance the kingdom of God in the earth. 
It's also not going to be uh, kingdom now theology where we say the kingdom of God has now already come. So let us manifest this kingdom. Let us bring this kingdom forth. It's not that. We're going to talk about how Jesus Christ has come and how he has conquered sin, how he has conquered death, and how he is manifesting the kingdom that he established in his resurrection and in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the earth. How he will bring it forth, how he uh, manifests his kingdom, or if we want to use normal words that we are acquainted with, how he advances his kingdom, or how he establishes his kingdom in the earth. Establishing the kingdom or advancing the kingdom is not our job. It is the job of God. It is the job of Jesus, and we are so happy that he will come and bring forth his rule in the earth. Now, um, if we look at the word uh, kingdom, the word kingdom in the Greek is uh, basilia, and it means the following. It means a royal power or a kingship, or a dominion, or a rule. Now listen to point 1a here. Not to be confused with the actual kingdom, but rather the right or authority to rule over a kingdom. Of a royal power of Jesus as the triumphant Messiah, the royal power and dignity conferred on Christ in the Messiah's kingdom. A kingdom, the territory subject, to the rule of a king. Um, and then Webster says it beautifully. It says here, the territory or a country subject to a king, an undivided territory under the dominion of a king or a monarch. The foreign possessions of a king are not usually included in the term kingdom. Thus, we speak of the kingdom of England or France or of Spain without including the East or the West Indies. Now, let me explain that. That is very, very powerful. What that means is when we were in South Africa and we were under British rule, it meant that we were not, we were not the kingdom of England. But we were subject to the kingdom of England and the English kingdom, the British kingdom, came and took power over a piece of land which was not their kingdom. And they came and established their rule inside this place. In other words, we could say that the English kingdom came to South Africa. And what that means is our way of doing has completely changed. And when we think of England, we think of basically a small island as big as the Kruger National Park on the uh, western side of of, of Europe. That is what we are thinking of. We are not thinking, if, if, if we say England, you don't think North Africa, you don't think the West Indies, you don't think any of those things, you don't think America, you think nothing. You think of a small place, and if we say the kingdom of England has come, we know that that kingdom, how it works there, that rulership, their army, their laws, their way of thinking <coughs> is now enforced in our country. That is what it is. So we are on the earth, and when we think of the kingdom of heaven, we are thinking of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as we would think of England, as a small country, and that small country is very powerful and is coming to bring His way of doing things to our nation.
Now, if and I've seen that um, in, in many countries where when it's really going bad in a country, let's say there's real poverty and people are really dying and the, the rulership, the rulers of that country is completely corrupt and they cannot govern that country to a place where that country can have true peace and true joy or any of those things, those people, those subjects of that kingdom would so wish for another kingdom where the people are rich, where the people are blessed, where they are happy, where there's a democracy, where there's absolute freedom and whatever, to actually come and take over their country and make war with the rulers that are actually oppressing them and end the rule so that they could be under people who can bring a kingdom that would be unto the freedom of the people. And that power and that freedom and that authority would not be uh, in the hands of the subjects of that kingdom, but in the kingdom that is to come. In other words, if I am in South Africa, and let's say South Africa was completely falling apart, that it was absolute mess, there's, there's no food, nowhere whatsoever and we would say we so wish that Germany or um, the United States or England or whoever would come and take over and let's say this country that we look up to is a country that walks in love wherein people are valued where people are cared for and all those kind of things and we would call on them and so wish that they could come and basically make war with those that are our enemies that oppress us and so forth, why would we do that? We would want them to do that so that they can come and establish their way of doing in our lives. That's what we would want because we want peace, we want joy, we want food on the shelves, we want a safe place, we don't want, want crime, we want protection. Uh, that's what we want. And then if that, those people come and they take over uh, let's say South Africa, and they come to establish their rule here, it is not up to us to fight uh, for them. That other country must come with their power, and they must take dominion, and they must take over, and they must bring all that is new. And then it would be for us, who, who are already in this country, to submit to that rulership, to take the full benefit of that rulership in this country. You don't want to be an enemy of the king, you want to be a friend of the king, especially if it's a very friendly king. Now as I use this example, it is even difficult for us in our natural minds to envision this, because uh, it's very, very rare that you find a good king. These kings are there to take the gold of the land, the silver of the land, take all the diamonds to their country and, and so forth, and find all, to, actually to exploit, to, 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 to take whatever they can and, and enrich themselves. It is not, with, in earthly kingdoms, it's very rare that you would find a king actually saying, let us make another country our uh, colony and we colonize them and the purpose there is to take the riches that we have in this country and develop that and bring it in there so that they can have the riches we have. We don't find that. But you know what? That's what happened in the kingdom of God. That's how God works. That is exactly how God works. When Adam sinned, 
and brought death to this world, God said, I want to come and establish my kingdom in this earth. And whatsoever is ruling on this earth, whatsoever is reigning on this earth, I will conquer that and I will defeat that. And then after I've conquered and defeated that, I will declare to them the victory that I have accomplished and those who believe this will be able to appropriate or make use of what he has already brought forth. Now, what was the enemy of God? What was the enemy of God? In other words, when God looked at the earth, when he looked at Adam and Eve, and he looked at what happened in the earth, what would be, what would stand against him? What would he have to conquer? He would have to conquer, number one, the lie Adam and Eve believed about God, which, which Satan started with. He said, Satan lied and said, Adam and Eve, you, you shall not surely die. You don't have the ability to die, number one, where God says you do. Second thing, he would have to tell them that uh, God didn't have uh, wrong motives when he made you. And remember what he said, he says, God knows that the day you eat thereof, you will be like him. And basically uh, questioning the very character of God, saying that God lies and those kind of things. So God had to bring truth. And then when Adam and Eve ate of that tree and when they believed the lie, what happened to them? They became blinded even further about who God is. They became blinded about who they were. And they became blinded on how to have life. Sin started to manifest in the world. And death started to manifest in the world. So what God had to come and do in order for him to bring his kingdom here is he had to come to this earth, into this earth, and he had to conquer sin. He had to conquer death. And when he had to conquer it, he had to conquer it in the power where it includes everybody. Now let me explain that. If you take a normal kingdom and uh, uh, the, the kingdom of England, the English kingdom comes and they're going to now take over a certain nation and a certain uh, uh, place. When they take that place over and people call upon England and say, please come and help us. They, they will have to come in such a powerful way that what they have done would include everyone that's oppressed. In other words, if they came and they conquered those that oppresses people, they will have to do it in the power that every person that was oppressed can now say, truly, I have been set free. Otherwise, they're not doing a good job. They're not doing a good job. Now, when we look at the kingdom of God, we are looking at the royal power of Jesus Christ as the triumphant Messiah. We are, we are looking at the authority of God, or the best way I can say kingdom is God's way of doing things, the way things take place in the Trinity, between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The way wherein God creates, the way wherein God brings forth fruit, the way wherein God establishes something which is in the heavens, now when we say that that kingdom has come to the earth, we are going to say that God is the creator. God by his spirit, because that's how it is in heaven, by his spirit brings forth life. God when he creates, he does it by his word. When God 
uh, um, deals with people, he does it with respect and honor and love. We can see it in the creation and how God created. How did God create? He, he said, let there be light, and there was light. He was the one that brought it forth. And he said, let the earth bring forth animals and everything. How did it happen? He let it. He allowed it. He brought it forth. And then he even said, let us make man. Let us allow. We will let this be. And he brought forth a man from the dust of the earth, blew the breath of life into him. After he blew the breath of life into him and Adam opened his eyes, the Bible says, and God blessed Adam. He spoke well of Adam. He was on bended knee before Adam, wherein he barracked, he blessed Adam, spoke well of him, spoke well of him with the highest adoration. And that's how he brought it forth. He is the one that created a garden and he placed man inside that garden or a place of delight. He is the one that said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he brought forth a man uh, and a woman so that they can be together and walk in fellowship with one another, that they can not only have fellowship with God, but that they as beings that are the image of God, or the, uh, uh, in the image of God, that they can actually have two of the same beings and also have fellowship with one another. Let me explain what I'm saying by that. If I have kids... Um, I mean, I can have children, and when I have children, uh, what do I want my child to have? I want my sons to one day get married, and I want them to have their own families. Why? Because I'm having a family, and I know the wonderful life there is in family. I know what it is to uh, see children grow up in front of me. I know the joy there is to invest in their lives. I know what it is to fellowship with them and talk to them and be happy with them. If I think of, uh, of Henry, you know, and the camera work and what he does, it's such a joy for me to go there and at a wedding just hold the light, you know, while he does whatever he does. It's, it's a blessing for me. I'll, I, I mean, he will do things and I will carry the tripods and I will, I'll serve him. I know what it is. I want to do that. That is inside my heart. And I want him to know the joy of being a father. So, yes, I want him to fellowship with me. Yes, I want him to have this dynamic here. But I also, that which I bring forth in him, I bring forth in him for the purpose of him one day having his own family. And not always fellowshipping with me. But fellowshipping with his own family. And so have union in his own family as well as with me. And I think that is what God has come to do. He is a heavenly God, which is a family, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the way he does things is by the power of the influence of love, the power of making something true and declaring a truth. And when people believe it, that truth manifests in them, which I will explain. And I've explained many times in my messages, but I would like to explain that again. And as, I, as that takes place we find that whatsoever is inside God comes inside us. And as this takes place, and we have fellowship with one another from this truth, or we have fellowship with God from this truth, we can now also share the same with one another. This I want to say. It's as holy for me to have quality fellowship with my family as what it is to pray to God. Now that might sound very radical, but I want to tell you that was that what that is what God's plan was. He wants to he wanted to bring his kingdom, 
the way he does things to the earth. As I enjoy driving a car, I would want my son to have his own car and drive his own car. And as he drives his own car one day and enjoys, if he doesn't even drive to me, if he drives to the beach, I'll be happy. Why? Because the way I'm doing things is now established in his heart and then one day he can actually decide to come and visit me. And then we can talk about that which I have, which I've already established in him and how he's enjoying it. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is this. When God comes and he says, I want to bring my kingdom to the earth, he's saying, I want to bring the way I do things to the earth. And when he brings his kingdom to the earth, it means he's bringing his domain, he's bringing his rulership to this earth. And he would be the one that would establish peace in the earth. He would be the one that would establish kindness in this earth. He would be the one that brings life in this earth. He would be the one that heals families in this earth, not us. We are subjects of the kingdom. He would come and overcome our sin, overcome our death, and he, when he has done that as a human being, when he took all of us together in Christ, conquered all our sin, conquered all our death, put that man at the right hand of God, and when he poured out that spirit in the earth, you know what took place? He was saying, the truth that is inside the man Jesus is now, I've, I've conquered this earth, and now I am establishing and manifesting this truth by the way I'm bringing it forth, which is the Holy Spirit, not our works, is going to bring that forth in the earth. Amen. Now, let me make it a little bit more simple. Sometimes uh, people say to me, Bertie, you, you, your, your things are a little bit difficult or complicated when you explain it. Now, this is maybe my own stubbornness. I, don't, I, I think it's not, it's not difficult to understand. It's easy to understand. It might be difficult to believe, but it's easy to understand. It's easy to understand that God came and conquered my sin, conquered my death, and He is now bringing forth life by His doing and not my willpower, just as I believe it. I mean, there's nothing difficult to understand about that. I find that it's very difficult to believe because even as the Scripture says, it says there, who has believed our report? I mean, the report is very simple. God conquered all sin, God conquered all death, and uh, he is now establishing peace in your life by His doing. He will bring righteousness forth in your life by His doing. He will manifest your holiness by His power and not you by your power. He will establish a place where families live in peace and love together in the earth. And since He has conquered all sin, all death, eventually all evil will be eradicated from the earth. All bad will be eradicated from the earth. This earth will have life and immortality by the doing of God. There's nothing difficult to understand about that. It's very simple. It's just very difficult, I find, to believe in the light of what we have heard. Even a person in uh, primary school can understand that. If I go to, to a child that is uh, five years old and I say to him, you know, there was an a, 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 a evil king that ruled the nation and, you know, and then there came a good king and he conquered that king. And when he conquered that king, then his kingdom, then that land now actually belonged to him. And he could exercise his rulership there. Then the small child will say, yippee. Why? Because he understands it. It's very simple. But when we come and we say that our God, who is a God of love, who is a God of kindness, who is a God of mercy, he has conquered 
this kingdom that mankind was part of, which was ruled by Satan through lies and deception and sin and death. And since he has come as a man and conquered all sin and conquered all death, we can now come with the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of God's kingdom that has come to the earth. And what this kingdom is, is the Bible says it's, it's like yeast that you work into, uh, into some flour. And as you work that yeast in, that yeast goes right through the whole thing. Now that yeast is just small like that. If you would, if you would bake something, you will see the yeast is maybe the, it's as much as the salt. It's just a little bit, one teaspoon, into cups of flour. And then when you mix it, you see nothing. And then you wait a bit. And then you see the yeast affects everything. And you see the yeast effect is so great that it, that, that it makes the whole thing rise. To the point that you look at it and say, wow. But that was the yeast. It says the kingdom of God is like a woman who takes yeast and works it into, I think, three measures of, 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 of flour and works it in. And then what happens? That yeast starts to manifest. It's, that is what it does. In the very same way, God has come, and that yeast is one granule, which was Jesus being raised from the dead. And when Jesus was raised from the dead as us, it is an influence and a truth that is for all people. And we can now come and say, the rulership of God is now on the earth. I want to say it this way. You know that every, every, not by our doing, and this is, this is where the church misses it. We hear the word of the kingdom and then we say, let us go and do something. No, no, no. You are subjects of the kingdom. You are not the enforcers of the kingdom. The one who manifests the kingdom and brings it forth is the Holy Spirit. Hands off. All we can say is we submit to the rule of the kingdom, meaning we are saying it's not by our own works. It's by the work of God. I want to tell you this. At this earth, this earth you're sitting on today, that there will come a day where there's no wickedness in this earth. Nothing. Because of God. Everything that offends, everything that's unrighteous, shall be taken out. How? By God bringing forth His truth in the hearts of people, where people believe that, where the message of the gospel goes out, and people simply believe upon that truth, and the life that God brings to people's hearts shall just start to flourish and be all over the earth. That is what it will be. And then the last thing that God will conquer in our lives is physical death. When Jesus would return one day and he will bring forth, he will manifest the, by the power of his doing immortality in our lives. Why? Because he has conquered our death and he will manifest that victory in our lives. In the same way, God has conquered your fear. God has conquered your disease. God has conquered whatever there is, and He will manifest that in our lives. And what He starts with is love and peace and joy and kindness. And we find that He gives gifts of the Spirit and, and uh, uh, gifts of people understanding Scripture and being able to teach it. And, and we find miracles and signs and wonders and we also find just the fruit of the spirit and I should say just but I think that's the most powerful which is love in our hearts for people and as he brings forth these things not by our doing but by him that has conquered this 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 land he has conquered it 2,000 years ago 
And as he has conquered and he is manifesting his kingdom and we are simply saying, wow, we are now part of his kingdom and he has advanced his kingdom to the domain of the physical world as well. What we are now doing is we are waiting for our king to manifest the fullness of that kingdom and as we are resting and waiting in him, we are seeing his life manifesting in us. Glory to God. That is what this is all about. You know, the, the Jewish people were waiting for the kingdom of God. They were waiting for the kingdom. What they understood by the waiting of the kingdom of God, they thought that they would the kingdom would return to Israel. And what that meant was that the Jews would be in rulership, ruling the world, basically. That the kingdom will come back to the Jewish people. Well, that's how I understand what these people understood. And that is what is also written in Mark 15 verse 43 and talks about Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in, um, in, in bodily unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. Now this is the man that wanted to bury Jesus and give his grave to Jesus. So this Joseph of Arimathea, what he says here, he was an honorable counselor which also waited for the kingdom of God. So what were the Jewish people waiting for? They were waiting for the kingdom of God to be established on the earth. Let me say it again. If you travel nations and you get to different nations. Now I remember when I, when I went to Hungary and I found, and I, and I look at the people in Hungary and I look at the, I mean it's an ex-communist country and you see how the, Kingdom of communism, if you want to call it like that, was there and how, it is, how it's harmed people in such a great way. And you walk there, you can still see some of the residues of that kingdom there. It is still there. Yet the freedom that did come is advancing in that place. And there will become a time when I go to Hungary <coughs> where you will see no traces of communism anymore. Uh, and in the very same way as what those people waited for another kingdom to come and they wanted freedom from communist rule, they wanted freedom from that, it came in one day. It came in one day, but all the freedom wasn't seen in one day. It was for the leaders to manifest the freedom in that country, to bring forth an infrastructure, to bring forth things so that the people can enjoy the new kingdom. In the very same way it is with us. As these people, were, the, 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 these people were waiting for the kingdom of God, wherein righteousness dwells. Now the way they thought it was going to take place is that uh, God would restore, restore the kingdom back to Israel, meaning put Israel in power so that Israel could go and enforce the law to people. So that people could live by the rules of the kingdom, which is the Torah, and as they lived by those rules, they would, it would be a wonderful set of rules on how to govern a nation and that the world would basically live in peace that way. That is what they were thinking. And they were waiting for the physical manifestation of the kingdom. And then Jesus came one day and when they pushed him and they asked him, and this is in Luke 17 verse 20, they said, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation, Neither shall you say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now let me explain that. Because so many times people say, you know, there's no physical return of Jesus because the kingdom can, doesn't come with observation. 
rubbish. <laughs> Let me explain what he's saying here. This is what he was saying. The, the, the Jews were waiting for them to physically take over certain areas and to be free from the oppression of people. And then he says, listen, the kingdom of God is not going to come the way you think it's going to come. The way the kingdom of God is manifesting is in your heart. And what he was saying is that the kingdom is within every person. So I want to say the kingdom of God is in every person. Believer, unbeliever, doesn't matter. The kingdom of God is in every man. What that means is, um, it means that, and this is the simple way it is, the voice of the Father speaks to the hearts of every person. God's way of doing things is in the heart of every man. There's an unction of the Holy Spirit inside every person leading him to Christ. Now, you might submit to that kingdom or become an enemy of that kingdom, but that is how it works. And he was saying to the people, you guys are thinking that God's going to restore the kingdom to physical Israel, but I want to tell you, the kingdom of God is not like that. The kingdom of God is in your heart where you are now hearing the voice of Abba leading you to Christ. That is God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things is not from outside um, uh, uh, forcing things down, but from the inside persuading the heart of a person in the spiritual. And as that takes place, you find from that spiritual, God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, manifests the peace and the healing and the joy and even physical immortality can come to a man in the return of Jesus Christ. And then you will be physically able to observe the kingdom that has come in your heart. Amen. So, this is what I want to say. The way God works, and I've seen with so many people, they just want an outside change today. But that is not how the kingdom of God works. The way the kingdom of God works is God will persuade your heart, and as He persuades your heart, you'll find life come from your heart. You'll find peace in your heart, even if no situation has changed. And as that grows in your heart, you will find the situation start to change. And peace ought to come to your life in the physical and you will truly see, hallelujah, the kingdom that is inside my heart has shown in my life, not by me manifesting the kingdom, but by God manifesting the kingdom. What I want to bring to you, um, let me see if there's another verse I want to, I don't have another verse. I'm just going to um, end off by saying this. If you want to say, Bertie, what are you trying to say? This is what I'm trying to say. The way God does things between the Father and the Son, that way of doing things has now become as advanced into the earth. Wherein God's way of doing things takes place in the earth. Where He is the Alpha, where He is the Omega. Where He is the one that begins the good work in us and He is the one that completes it. Where His life is shared with us and then His life lives in us and as his life lives in us, we are partakers of whatever this life brings. Glory to God. And what I want to say, the second thing, because we are hearing a word of the kingdom going around the church as well, um, which is about since Jesus has now conquered sin and death, we think it is our job to advance the kingdom in the earth. And by doing that, we just go back to the old Adamic way of works righteousness wherein people are saying, well, we must conquer poverty, so we must have uh, uh, 
$30,000 jet or $30 million jets. We must have uh, most expensive homes. We must have all these things because we are now taking dominion over the earth and then everything must belong to the church. All the airplanes must belong to the church. All the governments must belong to the church and everything must belong to the church. I want to say to you, that is rubbish. <coughs> God doesn't need any government to belong to Him. He is speaking to the hearts of people. Those who believe upon His truth, that truth will stand and can never die. Because His, his kingdom is an eternal kingdom. What I'm saying by that is, the grace message cannot be wiped from the earth. It is impossible. The message of law, the message of works righteousness, that way of belief shall be wiped from the earth. It will die out with those that believe upon that. And those who have believed upon the kingdom of life, since it's an eternal kingdom, that life is forever in the earth. And even if they die, uh, that eternal life is so stubborn that one day in the return of Christ, that person shall even be raised up and enjoy the fullness of that kingdom in the earth. When the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, and this I forgot to say, I, wanted to, I, I, I want to say this in the beginning, but when the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, he is not talking about where we go when we die. Although I believe that when I die, uh, this life that I am, this person that I am will be with the Lord, um, I, I don't see that as the kingdom of heaven where I go. The kingdom of heaven talks about as it is in heaven. In other words, the way God rules the principles of the kingdom, if you want to call it like that, or the dynamics or the foundation wherein God lives or whereon, whereon God bases His relationship with the Son and everything He does, that will come to the earth or has come to the earth and it is shaping the earth and it's forming the earth and it's forming people's lives until we will see all unrighteousness completely removed, the manifestation of all unrighteousness being removed. How? By the doing of the Creator, not by our doing. We are subjects of this kingdom. We are not the enforcers of this kingdom. And we need to understand that because that's a massive difference. So when the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven, it's not talking about you know, when the Bible says and the kingdom of heaven is near. It doesn't mean you are very near to go to heaven. No. What it means is the heaven's way of doing is very near to manifest in the earth. That is what it means. That is what it means when you say the kingdom of heaven is come near. It's like saying the kingdom of, or the British kingdom has come near. What it means is their armies are at our borders. And they are invading our place. And this is going to become a part of England. When you look at this, you're going to see England represented here. It talks about a fusion between heaven and earth, wherein we will have a, 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 a physical spirituality, wherein who God is manifests in this life. Now you might say, Bertie, what does that mean? How does that better my life today? You know how that betters my life? I realize that only what comes by grace, only what is authentic and true, only with that which is born from God can remain, and nothing else can remain. And the way that touches my life in ministry, we're just going to use ministry now, is I'm not going to even try and manipulate anybody to do anything, because I know manipulation will never work. I'm not going to have one service 
for the finances I can get for that service because I know that that is not going to work. I'm not going to try and grow my ministry in the earth because um, and, and manipulate and control to get that done. I'm not going to do that because unless it is God working in my heart and God giving birth to this message in people's hearts, it's not going to stand anyway. Uh, it brings a maturity it brings a, a, a sincerity, it brings a holiness, it brings a value for people's lives, it brings a humbleness, it brings a resting in the Lord and a hands-off when it comes to works righteousness to my life. What that also means is we, we are seeing less of the fruit of the flesh and more of the fruit of the Spirit. In, that's what I see in my life. I find a compassion in my heart for people like I've never had before. Uh, <clears throat> I value everything God does in this earth because I am not thinking of how I'm going to fly away to some place in the sweet by and by, but I know that whatsoever God is doing in this earth, by grace, has got eternal value. And anything that happens by works righteousness or man's ability to try and preserve things instead of relying upon God, I know how it's going to burn away like the grass, how it will be washed away, never to be here again. And, and, and that brings you to a place where there is such a holiness and such a power inside our lives and where we find a humbleness and a yielding towards the Lord where in every area of our life where we are not seeing the fruit of God, where we know it is by His doing. You know, this morning I preached in a, in a town called Bredastorp. It's about three hours drive from here. Yesterday we drove through, spent some time with friends, and uh, this morning I preached there and drove back to um, j just to be in time for the service. And as I preached there, the beauty of standing in front of those people not to try and get them to do anything for this ministry, not to try and get them to change, but to declare the truth of who they are in Christ, to declare what God has done for them, to explain to them the rulership of God's kingdom which has come to the earth. That is true about them, to explain to them how they've been included in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and what that means and how I declare the kingdom of God there. And, just how to, and I could do that for only one reason and that is because, not because I'm trying to obey God because He sent me, not any of those things, but simply for one reason and that is I feel in my heart the compassion of God for those people. I cannot see how they live in a lie, I want them to see the truth, I want them to see, uh, I want them to experience how God comes and brings forth life in them, and when I get into that car, and I drive away there, to have such a gratitude, to have preached to those people, if they believe me or not. When you find that kind of thing, come to the kingdom of God, or come to your life, you are grateful, and you are thankful, for what God is doing, and, I, I, and, and it has changed my life and it is changing my life as we see God establishing and manifesting what is already true in my life. This message has made me generous. This message has made me a million times kinder than what I would ever have been by my own willpower. I'll tell you, this message has saved my life. I think by the time, by this time, if I have not received this, I could have been dead already. This, this has brought life to me 
and I want this to have its manifestation in your life. And the only way it can happen is, according to Romans 10, is when we, and, and Paul likens Romans 10, he says, the good news of the kingdom, the good news of the resurrection of Christ, the good news that he has conquered, he says, it, it can be likened, the preacher can be likened to him that runs over the mountains. How beautiful are the feet of those who brings glad tidings of good things. What does that mean? It talks about the runner that ran in the time of war over the mountains to declare that Israel has won the war and that the tyranny that the nation were under is broken and they can actually be free. That is what it is all about. So we cannot come with a message of a not already attained victory where we can say that old kingdom is gone and now the new king with his people will, the king will establish peace in this earth. You know, when we look, and let me end it this way, when we look at South Africa and the old South Africa that has passed away and the new that has come, the person that was supposed to re receive what is, uh, we call it a, a hopais. What would that be in English? Can you remember? But what would happen is people that didn't have, that, that would live in tin shacks would get proper houses, you know, that's built with brick and mortar and whatever. Um, you know, it is not for those people to manifest those houses. They cannot say, well, I'm in a new South Africa now, so now I am now building my own new house. No, <laughs> it is for the government to see that he has a house. It is the government's job to give him a house. It's not his job to say, well, since I am now in the new South Africa, I'm now building my own house. No, 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 he must now wait that the government builds his house. In the same way with the kingdom of God. Since we're in the new kingdom, I'm not now trying to now build my holiness because Jesus died for me. No, now it is for Christ to bring forth his holiness in me and I'm believing it. That's how it works. And that is the kingdom of God in this earth. Now there are so many things to say about the kingdom. This is just a brief introduction to what I will still say about the kingdom of God. So I want to say to you, I've got good news for you. It's called the gospel of the kingdom. I've got good news for you. God's way of doing things is taking over in the earth by the doing of God and nothing can stop it. It is impossible. Nothing can stop it. You might say, Albert Bertie, look how bad things are. We can talk again in 5,000 years and we'll see what God has accomplished in this earth. Remember the time when Adam and Eve sinned. Remember there was a time when there was a flood and only eight people survived. And look at what is happening now. Look at how the kingdom is advancing. Look at how the kingdom of God is established, not by our doing, but by that of God. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Let us not go and say, let me build now because I'm part of the kingdom. Let us say, God is building his kingdom in me and he's building through compassion in me. He's building through love in me. He's building through kindness in me. Why? Because anything else is his enemy and I am, sub I am a subject. I am submitted to that kingdom and I allow that rulership to take place in my life by his doing. Amen. It was so nice last night when I prayed for a man that was sick and I prayed for him and he was just immediately healed. This morning I saw him again. He says, man, I'm healed. And he was struggling with this for a long time. So awesome to see that. We just see the signs of this kingdom. It wasn't by my doing. It's the doing of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you so much for your kindness and your goodness. I want to thank you for the care that you have for each one of us. And thank you that you've come to bring your kingdom to the earth. Your rulership is over us. And we submit 
and we humble ourselves to that. And we are not enemies of your kingdom. We believe your wonderful report of your victory over our sin and over our death. And we're just saying that your kingdom is ruling and we accept that in our lives. Amen and amen. If any one of you would like uh, someone to pray with you, if you're going through a difficult time, please feel free to go to our website. Go to dynamicministries.com and under Web Church, you can just click on Web Pastors. Uh, under the Web Church tab, click on the Web Pastors and please feel free to contact any of our Web Pastors or simply just write to info at dynamicministries.com and we will get back to you. But I would advise you because that's going to go through our system at my office here. But we've got Web Pastors and they are there to minister to you. Please feel free to contact them. You will see their ears We've, on our website, a wonderful way where you can contact the web pastor. You can, when you say con uh, you want to contact someone there under that tab, it will say which one of the web pastors do you want to contact. And you can click their name and write something and they will receive an email and, um, and they, will, they will contact you and pray with you and encourage you if you need that. You are precious and you are loved and we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for just being part of uh, this ministry in listening, allowing us to serve you. Now that I'm also, I'm also reminded now, just before we end off, that those of you, um, just about support to this ministry, those of you that uh, wanted to support this ministry and found that PayPal didn't allow you to make a donation, uh, they would say to you, try later, or there's something wrong, or something like that, or the, or the payment would be reversed. Um, I just want to say to you, we've sorted all of that out, and uh, if you want to uh, give, you can go back and our PayPal button, everything works again on the website. So thank you for, for that as well. Uh, know this, that you are loved and cared for and God smiles a real life. Amen.